Welcome to Beyond Books, a bi-weekly radio program and podcast produced through CHMR-FM about all the possibilities the St. John's Public Libraries have to offer. And welcome to this week's edition of Beyond Books, the radio program and podcast all about the many possibilities that St. John's Public Libraries have to offer. I'm one of your hosts, Hans Rollman. And I'm Leah Locke. How are you doing this week, Leah? Good. I was on vacation for a little bit. I'd like to send out a huge thank you to my colleague, Christina Walters, who was sitting in the co-chair chair uh, while I was away. And she did such a fabulous job. She was so excited to talk about Marjorie Muse and all the history behind that branch and that woman. Um, and then also to share all sorts of really cool things that the library's got going on. It was really interesting to learn about the Marjorie Muse Library. It really gives you a sense of community when you you know learn about the different branches. You might not always visit all the time because right. I, I was a AC Hunter person growing up. I lived by the university, so mm-hmm. that's where I went. And but the Marjorie Muse is a wonderful resource. We should get someone in from the Michael Donovan uh, Library oh, one of these days. Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. But the I, I love the Marjorie Muse branch because they care so much about the history and maintaining that presence and um, and, and re- they, they really tap into that. So they're a lovely little branch. Yeah. If you spend time on the library's social media feeds, you, mm-hmm. you get a almost a sense of the personality of these branches because they're so active on social media. So it's really interesting to meet the people behind the social media presence. Uh, oh, 100%. Yes. No, they all, they have great personalities. That's great. So thank you so much, Christina. How are you, Hans? I'm good. Uh, had an excellent weekend. Um, I worked the, with the friends of the library and we had the book sale. You know, we have these book sales that take place usually, oh, there's one in the fall and then one in the uh, late winter, early spring. And they're fundraisers for the library. This was the biggest and best ever. That's amazing. Congratulations. Oh, it was. Oh, and, you know, there's a, a crowd of people who make it possible. Um, I couldn't list all the names because there's, there's some really wonderful. But people like uh, Uta Simon and uh, Yvonne Earl. And, and there's a core of volunteers who they regularly... Uh, meet at the library deep in the bowels of the AC Hunter mm-hmm. uh, or of the Arts and Culture Center. There uh, are crates and crates and crates of books, some of which have been donated or, you know, they come from various sources. And this team of volunteers, they sort through these books on a weekly basis, uh, selecting what's worthwhile and what's not, organizing them, and then twice a year put off these amazing uh, fundraiser book sales. And indeed, uh, so the it happened on Saturday. It was the biggest and best yet. We raised over $6,800. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is so amazing. Yeah, especially since all the funds raised go towards supporting library programming. And, uh, you know, the books are incredibly affordable. They range between 50 cents to $3, I think, is the mm-hmm. most expensive, except for a few uh, rare and special sets. Um, and uh, anyway, yeah, it was just it was so magical. And just the, the, the sense of happiness and joy of all these people browsing all these affordable, wonderful books spanning the entire gamut, you know, every genre you could imagine. And uh, before doors opened at 9.30, apparently the we were inside, you know, <laughs> getting ready for the onslaught, but apparently the lineup was um, up the stairs to the out library and out the door. So uh, people were really excited and it was, it was a constant traffic and a lot of people got a lot of great books and the library got a fair amount of funding for 
putting off more programs. You know, it's really great. I think, too, um, the people are aware now of the Friends book sale. So, like, it's amazing that that many people were waiting there before, long before your doors open, right? Um, and so it's getting out there via social media, but also through probably just through word of mouth from all the people that are just waiting to go back because they went last year, they went the year before, they went in the spring or whatever, right? I, um, I didn't get to go, but I did pop down on Friday afternoon as one of the privileges of working in the library get to see it all beforehand and they had some really great bundles of books put together which I think is really wonderful so a lot of times you go to book sales and you have to buy you know you see an author and you go and you get one of each of their books but they've done this really wonderful thing where they go okay look here are my personal favorite was here's a bunch of Judy Bloom so they put them all together and then you can buy a bundle of Judy Bloom for like four dollars and that is wonderful and actually I had hoped to go back just to get the bundle but I didn't end up going but there's yeah no there were some really great things some really great graphic novels they had this hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy that was like illustrated but also like a a large illustrated edition so it wasn't the size of a novel it was even bigger than that it looked kind of like you know those encyclopedias you know how big those books are oh I missed that but it was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and I was like Uta this looks wonderful wow oh (laughs) I didn't see that I would have grabbed that (laughs) yeah no it looked really cool so the really great thing um there was also a whole box of was it the Bopsy Twins or something like that. An entire box, a huge big box, just of one kind of book. And you know, people will go and they, you see people coming out of the library with complete boxes. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. They shop yeah. in boxes. Yeah. It's really interesting because as volunteers, you know, we're consolidating, book, you know, the boxes of books as as people buy them and getting rid of empty boxes. And it seems no sooner have we emptied out a box than we hand it to someone to fill up with their own books. Exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. I did not. Oh, I didn't see the Bobsy Twins. I loved the Bobsy Twins when I was really little. That, did you? Those were among the first books I ever read just because they were all in our school library, you oh, know, yeah, for and sure. they were so much fun. I, I haven't. Wow, I'd love to read some of those again. I think it's important that people know that there's these bundled and sort of special collection section, like right when you walk into the room on your left. So you have this tendency to just sort of filter to the right and go all the way around, but it can get really congested. So what I like to do is go straight to the left because sometimes you can find some really great graphic novels there too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you get a whole series of things. They had like the whole Divergent series, all hardcover um, I saw those, and yeah. And all like the Hunger Games and things yeah. like that, right? So I, it's it's wonderful. So I'm so pleased that it was a success this weekend. Yeah. Uh, a few years or a couple of years ago, I found, uh, I was able to round out my collection of Neil Gaiman's Sandman uh, graphic novels. Me too. Uh, I couldn't believe it. They're like a dollar each there at the, yeah. at the library sale. Amazing. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was great. And there's, there's you know, nothing better than seeing, you know, these, these little kids come to the table and they count out their quarters and they walk away with like literally armloads of books. They can barely move. They're, you know, laden with so many books. And it's just, a, they look so happy, you know, and Aww. it's uh, such a great way to get uh, books, you know, which are so expensive these days if you try and buy them. Firsthand. Oh, 100%. I am um, actually, it's funny because I saw this thing of Judy Bloom books. It was like four bucks, and there were three fudge books, and then there was Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, and um, there were two other ones. I can't remember off the top of my head, 
uh, Blubber maybe was one. Anyway, and I had recently, I'm trying to round out my Judy Bloom collection at home because I love her. And so there, I don't have the fudge books. I have one or two fudge books, but I, it was her other books that I found the most appealing. So I'm trying to round those out. But one Judy Bloom book costs you like, you know, $17, mm-hmm. right? And that's not even a hardcover or anything. So you should be able to go and buy them for four bucks. I mean, that's wonderful. And they're all in nice condition. Yeah. yeah. All, all the books that are for sale there, the volunteers make sure that they're good quality yeah. um, books. So so that's great. So if you're one of the, the many people who went through the doors on Saturday and bought some books, thank you very much. Uh, and if you didn't, or if you're wondering about when the, the next opportunity to do so uh, will be, there will be another book sale in March or April. The date hasn't been set yet, but uh, you know, there's still crates and crates and crates of books. So there'll be another big book sale in the Uh, early spring stay tuned to the friends of the library uh, facebook group is a good way to keep in touch and uh, of course the the library also forwards information about the sale via all of its social media channels yes the ac hunter um, facebook page will certainly have that as well as our nlpl twitter page so yeah yay all right so let's talk a little bit about some different programs that are coming up at the library in the next little bit um so you know we're kind of in the middle of our fall session sort of for programming. So you'll start to see that things will start to wind down now that we're getting into November, just before December, things start to wind down a little bit. Um, But we still have some really great things on the go for right now. So let's start over just on the other side of campus now over at the AC Hunter Public Library. So we've got a few programs coming up and one of which is called Money Matters, RESPs and Other Ways to Save. So this is a partnership um, with Upskills and what they're going to do is they're going to bring in a licensed financial services representative and that person's going to walk everybody through, there's going to be sort of a workbook that they can work with and everybody's going to walk through, um, you know, sort of where they are financially and how they can do RESPs and other sorts of um, saving features, you know, what what can they do? What is the right thing? What is the right course of action for them in terms of saving their funds? So that's going to be on Thursday, November the 8th. There is a limited um, capacity for that program. It's at 630 on Thursday, November the 8th. So if you're interested give us a call 737-3950 to guarantee your spot. On November the 10th, which is a Saturday at 2 p.m., the Lalesh League is coming in to talk to people about breastfeeding and chest feeding and the benefits of that. Or maybe you've just had a baby and, you know, you're getting there's it's a little bit tricky. It's, it's not working out as well as you had hoped. You know, you can come on in and have a conversation with a representative from the Lalesh League and uh, they'll be very happy to talk to you about that. I'm really excited about this because I've had two children and this was not something that was available to me and I when we connected when I connected with um, the representatives I thought how great would this have been when my own children were born and what a great support system to be able to go into my public library and 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 have these conversations because the library is a really great place to be able to get this sort of information so that's on Saturday November 10th at 2 p.m. On November the 14th, the Art Hives are back. So our partnership with the Art Hive continues. They're going to be there at 3 p.m. And you can come, collaborate, make art, meet some new friends, meet some new community members. 
and uh, just explore your own creativity. And then on November the 17th, which is the following Saturday, the, the NL Literary Tour is hosting its grand finale at the AC Hunter Library. So that is an all-day event. It'll start at 10.30 in the morning. It'll go right through to the evening. Um, there are some lots of panel discussions um, open to the public you don't have to register for that one you can just come in there's going to be some great workshops about different aspects of writing so um jewel cousins our newfoundland and labrador librarian who has been collaborating with the nl literary tour to bring this into the library system she's gonna talk to us a little bit later on and explain in more detail exactly what kind of panels you can expect so all of those programs are happening at the AC Hunter. If there's anything that you're interested in learning more about, give us a call 737-3950 and we will register you or help you learn more about those programs. So we're going to jump now over to uh, Marjorie Muse. So they too have an art hive on Saturday, November the 17th at 10 a.m. So go ahead and uh, bring your family for that and collaborate and connect. Um, and be creative. So if you have any questions about that art hive, you can call uh, Christina, who you heard last week, Christina, Julia, and Kelly at 737-3020. Over at Michael Donovan, they have a drop-in Saturday story time on November 17th as well. So you've got lots of options on Saturday, November 17th. Um, and that is at 11 a.m. So come in, sing some songs, do some rhymes, and uh, hear some stories. And if you want to know more about that, you don't have to register for that one. But if you have any questions, give them a call, 737-2621. And downstairs from the AC Hunter building um, in our children's library, they have um, an evening family Lego zone, Tuesday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m. Always a good time. They have tons and tons and tons and tons of Lego, sometimes different size Lego, and you'd come in and you build whatever you want. Sometimes they've got challenges on little cards. Um, so it's a really great way to spend some time with your family. So it's Tuesday, November 6th at 6.30 p.m. And they also have drop-in library playgroup Fridays. So um, for the purposes of this podcast, Friday, November the 9th and Friday, November the 16th at 9.30 in the morning. Come bring your small kids into the library playgroup. There's um, tunnels for them to crawl through. There's toys for them to play with. And it's a great opportunity for parents to connect with other parents and other caregivers. Uh, and it provides a great sense of community. So that's in our children's library. And if you want to learn more about any of their programs, give them a call 737-3953. And you can follow each of our branches and locations online um, on Facebook or on our provincial feed on our uh, NLPL Twitter. So much fun and educational stuff. So much fun. I, uh, that literary tour happened last year as well, didn't it? It did, and it was uh, quite successful. People had a really great time, so now they're coming back, and hopefully Super. we can make this an annual thing. Like It seems like it's really taking off. And they go all around the province, and they hit up quite a few libraries across the province that host this for them and then have their uh, finale, grand finale with us over at the AC Hunter. Yeah, I, I wanted to go last year and for some reason I wasn't able to make it. So uh, maybe I can check it out this year. Yeah, they've got some really neat um, panels and workshops for you to, to attend and Jewel will fill us in a little bit about those. Okay, should we take a listen to that now? Yeah, sure. Here we go. Hi, this is Jewel Cousins, the Newfoundland and Labrador Collections Librarian for the Public Libraries. I want to chat to you today about the Literary Newfoundland 2019 Tour. 
They're winding up with their grand finale in St. John's on Saturday, November the 17th at the AC Hunter Library. Admission is free. They've planned a rather full day with an aim to uniting our readers and authors. The morning starts with a Newfoundland story time for little readers with children's authors such as Don Baker, Joanny and Brent Coffin, Dan Rubin and more. Drop by to listen to and meet the authors and get a chance to join in on a special coloring activity with author Mark Maker. The afternoon session, starting at 1.15 to 4 o'clock, is a series of three discussion panels on various aspects of writing. From 1.15 to 2, they'll talk about world building in genre fiction. From 2.15 to 3, it's book marketing 101. From 3.15 to 4, the panel is aspiration versus perspiration, the writing process. From 4 to 5, you can nibble on some light refreshments and possibly win some prizes. Then we will move to an evening of book signings and author meet and greets, along with an opportunity to purchase signed copies of their books. Some of the authors you might meet on Saturday include Mary Walsh, Gary Collins, Kate Robbins, Scott Bartlett, Don Baker, Dan Rubin, and many more. Don't forget, this event is free. You can check out their Facebook page at Literary Events NL. Thanks. Hope to see you there. Bye. And welcome back. Okay, uh, this is the segment of the Beyond Books podcast where we talk about some books. Yes, it's always my favorite segment. And you've been uh, reading some good ones lately, haven't you? Oh my gosh, I've read so much. So I went on vacation a few weeks ago and I packed a bunch of books and I didn't read any books because I was so busy with my family. So as soon as I came back, I just sort of huddled in a little corner and just read as much as I could read. So I have two books that I want to talk about today. What about you, Hans? I, I, I was lost in, in thinking about vacation. I, I'm already taking some time off around uh, Christmas, New Year's, Great. and I'm already in this dilemma. I'm trying to figure out the perfect vacation reads to take with me. And it's like, this is a serious matter. Oh, no, it is. When I left, before I left, I changed the books that I brought three times. Because I was like, because <laughs> I was packing well in advance. And so I was like, okay, these are the books. No, I don't feel right about those books. So I would take one out and one out and it changed three times. And I didn't end up reading any of them. Wow. How many did you take with you? <laughs> I only took three thinking, okay, it's a big family Disney vacation, right? So mm-hmm. I didn't think I'd have a lot of time. When I went to Greece, I went to Greece for half the time and I took six books and I read them all. Hmm. But here it was like, no, my kids are going to, we're going to be too busy. So I thought if I can bring three and mm. I got through one. Okay. Thank goodness for long airplane rides. All right. Well, uh, would you like to start with one of yours? Okay. So I'll talk about one. So last year, I think I talked about Beartown on the show, which was my favorite book that was published last year. And uh, and I actually, I think that I would go so far as to say it's one of my top 10 favorite books, period, now. And that's a book about uh, a small community that thrives on its hockey community. So it's a very, very small um town set in a forest they've got a rink and a little tiny bit of infrastructure and hockey uh, connects everybody and it's it's what they have to look forward to and they had this really great uh, junior team that they were going to go all the way and then scandal and uh, somebody got assaulted and uh, and it, it ended up tearing them apart and it was such an exquisite book it's written by Frederick Backman and he's one of the best like his writing is just remarkable every sentence 
matters so much. So this year, he's written a sequel to Beartown called Us Against You, and I'm reading that right now. I'm not finished, but uh, I'm almost there, and it is as exquisite as the first one. I started reading my library copy and got like seven pages in and was like, nope, going to go buy it, but going to buy it right now and went out so that I can put it on the shelf next to Beartown. But basically, it's the aftermath of that. How do you um, bring a community back to its feet? How can you save a community that's dying? Um, and how can you use the one thing that they love above all, but are in threat of losing forever? How can you bring that back? And it's really great. It's a character-driven story. Um, you hear all kinds of different voices and different perceptions and perspectives. It's it's stunning. So that's Us Against You by Frederick Bachman. And I have recommended Beartown to absolutely everybody that I know. And uh, I have yet to hear of anybody who didn't love it. So it's it's tremendous it's a tremendous book of fiction i love it and actually it's funny i walked into so i brought it to the rink with me i'm a hockey mom as well so hockey matters in my in my life so i walked into the rink the other day and uh, walked into the dressing room to introduce myself to my son's new coach and there was a mom in there and i'm holding this book under my arm because i said well i'll just before he gets on the ice i'll i'll read for a few minutes because i will steal every single second i can to read and this woman who i'd never met before looks at me she's like us against you such a good book i'm reading it right now and I was like oh my gosh and I was like I love Beartown she said me too we need to be friends and I was like yeah wow. why not right books connect people yeah. and hockey connects people so uh no it's it's really great it's really wow. great I, I was admiring when I was looking at the book I was judging a book by its cover oh, I always and I was do. judging it well you know I, I love the, the fonts and the the blue cover the colors on the cover and the very warm fonts and I don't know I would almost think it's a graphic novel if it wasn't a big thick book uh, and what a great adaptation it could be in graphic yeah. format because such uh it's like you can see everything you can see everything he writes with such clarity and not over the top description but it's it's so character driven that you have this great worldly sense of everything i just i i adore this book awesome yeah. okay okay tell me about what you're reading okay i just finished reading a book by oscar wilde <laughs> it's a collection of writings called the soul of man under socialism and other writings now you know, I, I knew vaguely about Oscar Wilde. I had read some excerpts of his plays in high school. He's known to many, you know, as, as this flamboyant, eccentric, uh, was very popular uh, playwright and writer in the late Victorian era. He was also, you know, tragically fell prey to the, the very backward homophobia of that era. Um, he was uh, arrested for his homosexuality and spent a couple years in prison, which kind of wrecked his uh, spirit and his health, and he died uh, soon after being released from jail. So a very tragic story. You know, these days, of course, he's recognized as a genius writer, and many of his plays and fiction are, are assigned in English literature courses, but I had no familiarity with his political writings, and he wrote political essays as well. And so this uh, new book, which is coming out on, uh, from Verso Books, it collects his uh, key political essays in one space. So there's a wonderful introduction that contextualizes them all, and then there's a lot of great annotation explaining some of the by now obscure references that he might be referring to in, in the text. But these essays are just pure, beautiful prose. Like, his ability to write is just remarkable. And especially, you know, this, uh, this first big essay in the book, The Soul of Man Under Socialism. It's his call for socialism, but unlike a lot of socialist writers, he steers clear of that really dense theory, you know, which 
which um, can really get in the way of pleasurable reading. <laughs> and uh, and and his his writing is just such accessible, beautiful, straightforward prose. Um, and it's interesting because he, you know, he he's not interested in authoritarian or even communitarian, you know, collectivist versions of socialism. He sees socialism as the way that you know, humans can achieve true individual individualism and individuality. You know, if we need to stop worrying about these mundane things like how to make money and how to, you know, have the money for material survival, and then we'll be free to do the things we really want to do, you know, like write or do science or whatever it is that, that we love. And so he's really interested in, you know, he takes this kind of arts and humanities approach to uh, talking about socialism, which is just utterly beautiful. Um, and he's also, the subtitle of the piece is um, In Praise of Disobedience. And so his his argument is, you know, if, if we're poor and oppressed, you know, there's no nobility in accepting that we should rise up. And it's kind of his call for revolution. It was a side of Oscar Wilde I was really not familiar with. There's a bunch of other great essays in the book. There's one, The Decay of Lying, which is against realism in art. You know, he argues art is supposed to be about lying. It's supposed to be about creating beautiful untruths that inspire us and so and it's really interesting because there's such a, a focus on truth and accuracy in today's world I think and for good reasons in some respects but sometimes you know embellishment uh, creative embellishment can be a very beautiful thing too and he reminds us of that um, he has a great essay on the virtue of art and literary criticism. He, uh, there's a just a bunch of great stuff in this collection. There's a fairy tale he wrote for children uh, and some of his short fiction as well. So it's an absolutely beautiful collection. The uh, the fairy tale is the the, the... the Star Child? The Star Child. No, actually, I was thinking of another one that he wrote, The, the Unhappy Prince oh, or The okay. Sad Prince. or um, Off the top of my head, I can't remember the name of it, but that's a, that's a beautiful uh, fairy tale about a crow who goes and meets a, a golden statue of a prince, and he's overlooking all of the poverty and all of the corruption in the town, this prince statue, and he says to the crow, you know, take my take the the jewels from my eyes and give them to this person, and take the jewels from my crown and give them to this person. Take the gold from my body and give them to this family or whatever. And it's it's a beautiful allegory. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah. I must I must go find. I think that. it's the unhappy prince. Okay. I could be wrong there. There's a, a similar kind of theme in the Star Child, which it's also about you, you know the, this child who becomes obsessed with material possessions, but then learns through various trials and tribulations to give away the things and, mm -hmm. and the beauty of sharing with others. That's uh, right. Yeah. I just adore Oscar Wilde. The Importance of Being Earnest is one of my very favorite plays, but he's got a lot of, he's got a lot to say and a lot of satire in it. And it's Lady Windermere's fans, another one. Like you'll see little bits of these, these things he takes great issue with in his comedy as well. Yeah, brilliant writer. So. There's a story, so I'm from Halifax, there's a story that um, the Weston Hotel is haunted by Oscar Wilde's spirit. I don't know how Oscar Wilde would have floated all the way in his ghostly form to the Weston, but it's... <laughs> there's wow, a, fascinating. I, yeah, I'm not sure why that is, but there is a little ghost story about that in Halifax. Wow, I'd yeah. love to learn more. Apparently he did uh, in his youth tour in Canada. He did, so. and I think he stayed there. Okay, yeah. how fascinating, wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Every time I go to the Westin, uh, which is, you know, I, I, I do go from time to time. I, I, I stop and I try to see if I can feel his energy. <laughs> wow. Very cool. Okay. So I want to talk yeah. about one more book that I did read um, just last weekend. Actually, I sort of 
hold up one day and I just read it because I just couldn't put it down and it's called it's a novel called Women Talking by Miriam Taves the Canadian author I love her I've read all of her books and so I was really looking forward to reading this one and what it's about is a is a Mennonite it's, it's based on the true story of a Mennonite community that was written with um assault um so just a you know trigger warnings for sexual assault for this book um but it's about this community that was uh that suffered approximately 300 assaults in this very small community 300 assaults by about eight to ten men over the course of five years um to 300 different women in the community and uh you know between 200 and 300 women there were 300 assaults some of them repetitive um and this is the fictional account of her imagining what these women must have gone through and how they must have dealt with it so it takes place over two days um, and uh, a handful of women from the community get together in this attic in this house and they have um, this sort of forward-thinking man uh, named August App they've invited him to come in and take notes on their meeting and they're deciding should we stay or should we flee and if we flee how are we going to do that and uh, so it's a it's a very very much a feminist book. You know, they talk they um, they ask questions about society and how men are treated. Why it is that women can't read? How is it that we uh, or in this community? Um, how do we know to trust? these translations how do we know to trust what the bible says it's a very devout community and all of these things so it asks some really really big questions and Miriam Taves herself was from a Mennonite community that she um she left when she was 18 years old and all of her writing is um deeply reflective of her own personal life and the things that she or her family have been through each story she writes has some personal connection to it and she's a descendant of these um these this community and so she wanted to and this is not an old story this only happened you know in later 2000 like 2000 and between 2005 and 2010 I think this was happening so you know it was something that was close enough to present day for her to really feel like she needed to get in and it's a it's a hopeful book it really is um and it was stunningly written and the conversations that these women are having were very astute conversations and very very believable conversations it was tremendous a tremendous tremendous book and I really loved it and I when it comes out in paperback I will be adding that to my Miriam Taves collection on my own bookshelf because I loved it I thought it was excellent wow and that is something that we do have at the library and we have us against you at the library as well you can read sounds sounds like a very powerful book both yes it was was so powerful such a powerful book everything she writes I find really powerful but this was I think this was almost like exceptional to the other things that she's written I I think every book she just gets better and better Hmm. yeah Okay, well, there you go. It's a few reads for you to seek out. Uh, yeah, not super duper cheery reads, but really good ones. Yeah, important reads. Yeah, and maybe next time I'll come with some more cheery things okay. to make up for this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we're about out of time, so... Um, been a pleasure as always yes thank you so much hope to see you all come into the library and uh tune back in a couple weeks we'll be back with more library news okay happy reading everyone you've been listening to beyond books the podcast that looks at what's happening at the saint john's public libraries with your hosts leah Locke and hans rollman we'll be back again in about two weeks 
Until then, make sure you get out and enjoy your public libraries. Explore the possibilities.